It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Today's show will be joined by Lance Daw, host of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. We'll uh, be joined by him uh, with a, a longer segment that we recorded earlier in the day. And we will uh, we'll touch on that in a second. We talk a lot about Auburn and Penn State, which is fitting because Penn State had a huge announcement today. We'll get to that in just a moment. So Auburn added a transfer running back, Jordan Ingram. He's from Mobile. And uh, you know he, he went to St. Paul in Mobile, and he played at Central Michigan out of high school. Well, he signed with Central Michigan. He actually did not play. But he has entered the transfer portal, and he will be... He will be uh, an Auburn Tiger. So interesting thing, and and Keith Niebuhr did a great job breaking this down on Auburn Undercover, but he hasn't signed anything. He's not going to sign anything until August, but he is going to enroll at Auburn over the summer, and then when he goes on scholarship in August, when he signs, he will then count towards Auburn's 2022 class. So it's just Harson and his coaching staff playing with the numbers. Makes a ton of sense. Good for him. I mean, with all these transfers that they brought in, um, They've got to be close, and they may be done with 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 this class. So, I think this is exciting. We were kind of wondering what is Auburn going to do with the running back position. I don't know a whole lot about this guy. He didn't play at CMU, so you got to go back and look at some of what he did in high school. But six one two fifteen, you like that in high school? He rushed for thirteen ninety four on the ground on two hundred thirty five carries with eighteen touchdowns his senior year. And, I mean, it looks like this is a, a pretty thick running back. And so, there you go. He worked out for the Auburn staff on Tuesday. And here's a quote from Ingram. Quote, the workouts went really good. I got to talk to running backs coach Cadillac Williams. And I feel like there's going, I feel like there's going to do some great things here. And so, Ingram will have five years to play four seasons. So that's exciting. We've been wondering what in the world's going to happen with this Auburn staff regarding the running back room. And so we got a few answers there. Other things happening. Prince Michael Sammons has entered the transfer portal, the former offensive tackle. He was a four-star prospect in the 2016 class. Look, I think a lot of people forget how high a lot of guys were on this guy. He was a four-star 6-7 offensive tackle, but it didn't pan out. What uh, I'm looking at Nathan King's article here, but he played in three games, appearing in only two games along the offensive line from 2017 to 2020. So when he transfers, he will be a grad transfer at his next destination. He was buried on the depth chart, probably would not play at any point um, for the remainder of his career. So good for him for trying to find something where he can get playing time. But, uh, yeah, he is now the left tackle, formerly known as Prince. Before Lance and I get into some Penn State-Auburn action, Penn State put this out yesterday. 
saying, quote, Penn State Athletics announced a return to full capacity in Beaver Stadium. This is from Penn State's website. Uh, in Beaver Stadium and other athletics venues for the 2021 through 22 academic year based on the June 1 governor's updated guidance lifting all COVID mitigation orders. And so football season ticket holders, they're going to be notified next week, it sounds like, and they are going to get things back up and running. So, obviously, uh, we we mentioned this on yesterday's podcast that there had been a little bit of talk of what's going to happen with Pennsylvania. Maybe they switched to home and homes. That will not happen. So, that's exciting. I think we're getting closer. We're getting so much closer to a regular football season. It's going to be here, folks. It's going to be here, and I cannot wait. Before we jump into me and uh, Lance's conversation, another thing I cannot wait for, Thursday night, I confirmed it with Brad yesterday. Brad LaRonda will be joining all of us at Rob's Ribs. We're going to crush some chicken parms, and if you don't want the chicken parm from the barbecue restaurant at Rob's Ribs, that's fine. They've got great barbecue as well. Everything I've had there has been good, um, so take that for what it's worth. But I'm excited to you know crush some chicken parms with the godfather of Auburn football. Also, if you're coming, please, you don't have to, but please, please, please um, donate some uh, some canned food or, um, you know, it, it could be a financial donation as well to the Food Bank of East Alabama. They've been really cool to partner with us. So I'd love for this podcast community, this family to turn something like this. It kind of started out as a joke and something pretty cool. And Rob's Ribs is also going to make a donation as well. So pretty, pretty cool stuff. That is Thursday. Uh, I've told Brad six to eight. He said that was fine. So kind of come and go. Um, whenever that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at betonline. Nope. Built bar is <laughs> brought to you by built bar. In fact, built bar has a new flavor and they sent it to our house, uh, yesterday. Got in the mail yesterday. I have not tried it yet, but the flavor is grasshopper cookie. I've never eaten a grasshopper before. I'm joking, but, um, the bar, the wrapper makes it look minty. My wife thinks it will be a minty flavor, so I'm looking forward to trying that. They've also got a ton of different other flavors, coconut, cherry, raspberry, peanut butter, brownie, salted caramel, all of it, and they're all very good for you. High in protein, low in calories, low in sugar, low in net carbs. Can you name a better combination? It's a protein bar that looks and tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. That's at BuiltBar.com. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Joining me now here on Locked On Auburn, Lance Daw, co-host of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. How are you? Never on time. How are you, Zach? Uh, You are never on time. That is correct. But that's okay. That's okay because with podcasts, it's all on demand anyway. So we're actually always on time. There you go. There you know you what I'm saying? I, I get you. I wanted to talk for a second. One, let's mention the quick thing that um, some Auburn fans are excited about minutes after we're recording this on Tuesday or around midday. Uh, Auburn Basketball's Instagram just reposted what JT Thor posted. Right. Um, which was a comment about nothing, but I'm still going to read into it and be excited about it. I think they, I think you definitely have to look into it considering – He's he's still in the draft. He's still going through those those processes right now. 
and for Auburn to repost something of his just still shows that they view him as part of the team. At least that's the way I see it. And it, it's not necessarily a callback like, hey, come on back, please. It's just I think it's I think it's interesting to note that they still view him as part of the team. And I really, it's just, it's more of a hope at this point. Uh-huh. It's just I want I want him to come back. I think he could be a great great part of this team if he gets one more year in Bruce's system. I think he's a lock for the NBA. Yeah, I think so too. Because right now it's like Bruce even Pearl says it's like, well, if he if he does choose to officially leave, I believe he will get drafted. I don't believe JT Thor will get drafted if he if he decides to stay in the draft this season. I just don't see it happening. You don't think he's a second rounder? No, I don't. I, I think he's got to get one more year in order to be something special. I, I just don't see him. I just don't see him panning out immediately. I think he's got to get a little bit more time. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to see for sure. Uh, let's talk about Penn State for a few minutes, and this is a game that that I think all if I had to pick the game right now, I would say Auburn loses. Um, but. They've got some interesting pieces, especially on the offensive side of the football. Let's start with their quarterback, Sean Clifford. He had an okay season last year. He threw for just over 60% at 60.6%, 152 completions out of 251 attempts, 1,883 yards through the air. That's good for uh, 7.5 yards per attempt. He had 16 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, and um, quarterback rating doesn't matter. So, uh, what do you think about Clifford's ability to to possibly take a step forward and be a real problem through the air for Auburn next year? Well, last season he kind of had a regression from his sophomore year. In his sophomore year, threw for twenty three touchdowns, seven interceptions. Obviously, like you mentioned, went from twenty three to sixteen. But again, that was only in a nine game season for Penn State. Sure. But whenever I look at his game logs. The team really has a lot of success whenever he's not the main focus of the offense. So whenever you talk about him being a problem for Auburn through the air, I think they're going to try and keep it balanced. I went and looked at his record versus top 25 teams, 3-3. Three and three. He's 1-2 and two overall when throwing for over 300 yards. Whenever they can keep a more balanced offense and they can keep him from having to throw 30, 40 times a game, this Penn State offense seems to thrive. And that Minnesota game in 2019, whenever Minnesota was on the come up, it was it was in at Minnesota. Clifford threw one touchdown, three interceptions, but threw for 340 yards in that game. So to force him into those situations where he has to he has to score, Penn State has to be able to get it done through the air. He he doesn't thrive well in those situations. So in order to have somebody to go off of like another running back, I think it's going going to be able to complement Clifford's style of play and whenever I label him as a game manager I don't necessarily mean he's a game manager he has pl- big playability obviously we've seen him torch some uh, big 10 teams through the air but I don't think he's necessarily going to want to do that against Auburn because if Auburn gets up early he's been known to not have a lot of success throwing the football whenever he has to right and an interesting thing he led Penn State last year in rushing attempts so uh, a fairly athletic guy, scored three touchdowns, just had 3.4 yards per carry last year. But their their lead back as far as carries last year was Keon Lee, which I think, or Keevon Lee, excuse me. Keevon Lee, 89 attempts, 438 yards, 4.9 yards per uh, per attempt, which is fine. Not exceptional, but it's fine. Then uh, four touchdowns, he also had 12 catches. So... I think if Auburn can really slow down these two guys, they're going to have a really good chance. And I think with their front seven, 
they should have a good ability to do so. I, I, I like their chances. I agree. Whenever you look at a guy like Kevon Lee, I think he's definitely going to be a factor in Penn, in, in Penn State's offense whenever Auburn comes to town. But another guy that I think you have to look at in that running back room, he was injured in 2020, was Noah Kane. He was a freshman in 2019, ran for 351 yards, six touchdowns, 5.1 yards per attempt. So they're probably going to go running back by committee because Kevon yeah. Lee, obviously able to show his ability in 2020 whenever Kane was injured. I think you're going to have to go back and forth between them really talented running back room but they're both young too I agree if you shut those guys down and Auburn's probably going to have a pretty good chance to do so you'll be able to get to this uh, Penn State offense like you mentioned Sean Clifford's not afraid to run but again whenever you force him to throw he's not been known to be the best especially against elite competition you look at Penn State's offensive line they returned three starters from a unit that was 39th best in the country in 2020 according to pro football focus for reference Auburn was 89th but I think this defensive line has got a lot of potential and it's got a lot of promise. Guys like Derek Hall, TD Moultrie, I think you're going to see those guys off the edge actually thrive. I think you're going to see guys like Eculiota. I know I talked about him a week or so ago, not yeah. necessarily being a factor. I think you're going to be able to get him some minutes. And you're, I don't necessarily think he's going to be a six or seven sack kind of guy, but I think he's definitely another one of those guys that can really help out Auburn on the perimeter as far as defensive line goes. they got to be able to get home. And I think they're going to be able to do it. I know it's a really tough environment whenever they're going on the road to Penn State. Probably going to be called college game day probably going to be the wide out it's going to be really really tough environment but Auburn I think is going to have a chance because I really value SEC recruits against other competition right. we talked about that whenever we were talking about Leota I value SEC uh, SEC play I value guys that have been able to play in really tough environments like in the swamp and at Alabama I value that and so whenever you go to a team like Penn State I understand that it's an, an incredibly tough road environment, one of the toughest in the country, really talented coach, really talented recruits, but I think the SEC, as far as talent goes, is going to be able to top that. Something that's, that Auburn's going to have to be able to do really well is they're going to have to get their scheme fixed both on offense and on defense, and if they can do that on defense, if they can figure out how to make this defensive line work and to give those linebackers that Auburn has that are really, really talented opportunities to fill those holes and make tackles and stop those running backs, Auburn's going to have success. We will continue our conversation with Lance in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you now by our friends at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. It's the thick of playoffs. Get in on the action uh, before the next pitch or before the next playoff game. Get prepared by going to betonline.ag, setting up your free account, and then uh, whenever you make your deposit, use promo code Locked on to get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I think another thing that's going to be interesting in all this is, I mean, you mentioned Auburn's got to get their scheme right early. I mean, this is their third game of the season, but there's also going to be a chance where like Penn State may not know how to prepare for Auburn, especially uh, defensively as far as like what Derek Mason is going to be able to do. And if they do a lot of that 3-4, you know, front seven type of action, you're going to see a lot of different blitzes, and blitzes are things that you put on tape, and with the analytics of college football now more and more, you kind of look at these numbers to see, okay, if they send this guy here, 
you know, th- that means this linebacker is probably doing this and, and all that. So there's going to be less data out there uh, as well. So, I mean, that is definitely the glass half full way to look at it. And then the, the, I think the glass half empty way to look at it is, well, can Auburn actually put everything together by then? And that's a big question. And, and, and there's no way to know the answer to that until, uh, until you know, they suit up and, and they, you know, they get on the field in Happy Valley. But another aspect of it is, I mean, Penn State's start last year was terrible. Like, they were absolutely abysmal at the start of 2020. And it's like, does that carry over? Is that a mental thing that they're going to have to deal with? Because a lot of their key pieces are coming back. And once again, I think there's a glass half full way to look at this and a glass half empty where it's like, okay, mentally, can these guys get over it? It took them several weeks to actually hit their stride last year. But on the other side, okay, they know what not to do, and these guys have been playing together for a full season now or whatever you want to call last year, not quite a full season, but nine games, like you said. Where does all that come into play? And I think all that's important. Well, like you mentioned, it took them a hot minute to actually get a win last season. You look at their schedule, they didn't win until November 28th. They didn't win a game. And look at the four teams that they beat to finish the season four and five. At Michigan, at Rutgers, Michigan State, in Illinois. Uh Those were the four teams that they beat to finish the season. The teams that they lost to was a top 25 team in Indiana, a national championship runner-up in Ohio State, a Maryland team that was terrible, at Nebraska, and then Iowa at home. They were able to play with some of the better competition, but the only close loss that they had was in overtime to Indiana. They they did not play they did not play well against good competition and they beat the competition that they should have. If they had a non-conference schedule, they could be going six and six or seven and five, depends on whether or not they scheduled a Power Five conference early on in the or yeah early on in the season. Whenever you talk about this team and motivation and, and, and able to carry over their success from last year. You look at the teams that they have to play to start out. They have to go on the road at Wisconsin. Then mm-hmm. they have to play Ball State, and then they got to play Auburn. They got to play two Power Five teams. Arguably, arguably, both of them are going to be in the top twenty-five at that point. And I know that's a big deal because I mean, you get several weeks of fall, and you get all summer. You know, these, these coaches are already watching tape and, and all that, and that's important. But Auburn gets to focus on getting right, and then two cupcake games before they have any kind of action, which I mm-hmm. think is a huge advantage. And Penn State can't do that because right. it's not not only is it like a, a tough early opponent, but it actually matters because it's Big Ten play. Right, and you're asking, well, does this does this momentum carry over into this season? I don't know if it does because the competition that, that they're now having to face compared to the end of the last season is significantly better. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin and Auburn are significantly better teams. You're not going to be able to tune up. You'll be able to have that. Uh, Middle game between or against Ball State to kind of figure things out before you really get to have to play Auburn, who I believe is a better team than Wisconsin this season. Really, I, I believe so. I believe so, I, but I don't think Wisconsin's terrible. They just have to work out some kinks with their quarterback with Graham Mertz, and they're I think just it, they're just such a boring team. They really are. They really are. I mean, that is as big ten as it gets. Yep. I don't. I don't see. I don't see the momentum carrying over immediately. Now, do I say Penn State's going to be a bad team? No. Again, they were probably seven and five, six and six last season with all the returning production mm-hmm. that they, that they have. They could make they could make a jump, get to eight nine wins, but they they're not going to be able to carry momentum over easily. They're going to have to be able to fight for it against two really good teams early on in the season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- this brief conversation has already kind of changed my tune a little bit on that game. We got all summer to kind of speculate on this, but I, I think it's going to be fun, and we need to get Kevin McGuire, who hosts Locked On Nittany Lions, on the show sometime soon uh, to, to talk about this matchup. But yeah, I, I think. The fact that they have to open up with Wisconsin is something that I haven't talked about enough. 
and largely due for several reasons. Preparation's a big thing going into the season. But also, Lance, there's the aspect of if you're Penn State, you have to put a lot of your stuff on the field and on tape week one. And Auburn does not have to do that right. at all. Against a against a top 25 Wisconsin team that brings back 83% of their production overall, 84% on the offense, 82% on the defense. That's both, both of those offensively and defensively in terms of production. That's top 25 nationally. You're going on the road against a team that has a lot of experience from last season. And I know, I know Wisconsin took a step back last season. I believe they were like three and three, three and four, maybe wrong on that. They were somewhere around 500 and they had a lot of issues with their quarterback situation, but they're going to be able to develop him at least a little little bit in year two and kind of get him more comfortable in this in this boring Big Ten offense they don't have a Jonathan Taylor to lean back on but that's a really tough environment to go to Madison and have to play those guys it's a really tough brand of football to 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 just beat after finishing subpar in the Big Ten a year ago and again I know Penn State brings back a lot of production but as you mentioned they're going to be able to have to show what they can do early and that's going to give Auburn a lot of chances to look look at them and say okay this is what Penn State does this is how we can beat it and they can kind of fine-tune stuff that they want to do against Penn State in that Alabama State game you're going to get to play Akron then week two you're going to be able to be looking at Penn State while you prepare for Alabama State and try and practice some of the things that you want to execute against the Nittany Lions against Alabama State and it'll just give you time to work out kinks. Penn State doesn't have the ability to do that. The tape that they'll have on Auburn is a game against Akron, and you know how vanilla Auburn is like to go in the past against group of five teams. They'll beat Akron, but I don't think they're going to show anything fancy. Yeah, no, I, why would you? Especially especially if you got like Tank Bigsby and Sean Shivers. I would run it heavy. I would throw a lot of very basic passing patterns with Bo Nix and kind of get some of the receivers in, you know, so, some real game reps. And that's it. And I would I would pull everybody at halftime if you can, assuming you're up three or four touchdowns. I'll just pull everyone and then just coast it and just run it as much as you can. The issue then is you know how many running backs does Auburn have? But yeah, all in all, I I think as far as like where this is positioned on the calendar and on the schedule, I think Auburn actually does have an advantage here. So my biggest thing is Bo Nix on the road. Right. That, I mean, that is just my biggest thing. And we won't know if Harston has quote-unquote fixed that or if Bo Nix has quote-unquote taken that next step until they play at Happy Valley. But that is my biggest reservation. Because, I mean, I like James Franklin as a coach, but I, I think Harson is just as good of a coach, if not better, than James Franklin. So I, can he just do it in one offseason? That's my question is can he change the culture enough at the quarterback position for it to make that big of a difference in one offseason? Well, last night I was actually watching a half hour quarterback room on Bo Nix just going through some all 22 tape. And a lot of it was from that Georgia game last season. And a lot of a lot of the stuff you can't necessarily put on Bo Nix because the scheme and the offensive You're line right. was so poor. You were absolutely right. So if this offensive line can make a jump in year two. Bo Nix is going to have a lot of opportunities to do things correctly. Now, the question is, is whether or not he can do that in a really tough environment on the road, because we saw that against Georgia. He'd have opportunities. He'd have Anthony Schwartz wide open for a touchdown on a skinny post, and he would just lead his receiver outside instead of setting his feet and throwing the ball closer inside towards the goalpost instead of actually putting it on the money where he needed to. He would get opportunities last season, and he would just throw it away. We saw again in that Texas A&M game, he had a receiver wide open in the corner of the 
end zone for a touchdown. He puts the ball on the money. He's got it. But he's fading to his left. He throws it off his back foot. And you mm-hmm. just got to be able to get rid of those issues. And I think a lot of that does stem from the offensive line not being able to contain. I think a lot of that does stem specifically from the tackles not being able to cover their guy that are blitzing off the edge. You got to be able to get Bonex comfortable. And I know that he's focused in having fun, and I know he's out there balling right now. But that offensive line comes first. You got to be able to figure them out because if you don't, you're going to have a really tough time in Happy Valley because, again, tough environment. Yeah, absolutely. Lance Daw, where can people find you and hear you, buddy? You can follow me on Twitter at Daw Pound, and then you can listen to me on the line with Noah Gardner on ESPN 1067 weekdays from 2 to 4. Fun show. We actually had some news, we actually had some things to talk about. And it's only going to get better from here. I'm serious, folks. I'm serious. This offseason is going to be like something that we've never experienced before, talking about Auburn football and basketball. There's going to be so much news happening over the next few months. It's going to fly by. I'm saying it. I'm calling it right now. What, we're 94 days? We are Tyron Truesdale days away from getting there. And I'm pumped that we get to do this together. Follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby. The show's on Twitter at Locked on Auburn. On Instagram at Auburn Podcast. And we'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.